Fresh Pressed for March 24th, 2020. My name is Gabe. And my name is Andrew. This is a show about music where we talk about new tunes and croak grooves. No, and amphibious grooves. Amphibious grooves. No, but Andrew. I'm t- okay, but that's what I'll put in the thing. But what I'm trying to, and actually, that might not be it. Because, like, amphibious is too general. It's not an amphibious theme. Uh, it absolutely is. These are songs that you can listen to in the water and on land. That is the definition no. of amphibious. But what I'm saying is the theme isn't amphibians in general because we want to save that in case we want to talk about more different amphibians. Oh, yes. I forgot about our salamanders segment that's coming up next week. Yeah. Are salamanders amphibians? That yes. makes sense. That's As are newts and toads. And what, what's the weird one called? It looks like a snake. Uh, uh, Sicilians. They're pretty horrifying. That's okay, because, Andrew, we're not doing Sicilians or any other kind of amphibian. This week, our theme is frogs. Frogs are our theme, because why, why did we choose frogs this week? Uh, because I wanted to talk about my song. Oh, well, okay. I didn't know that, actually. You didn't inform me beforehand. I thought we were doing frogs because they are not relevant to anything that's happening in the world right now. We've decided I mean, to, to move some away. Extent. From the world, really just escapist podcasting here. But since you're so excited about your song, Andrew, why don't you tell us what frog song you have? So uh, the song that I have brought is entitled "Frog Logic" by The Preakness. Now, the Preakness, you know, they're pretty famous. Uh-huh, great race. Sorry, we just had to get that one out of the way. <laughs> anyway, the Preakness is a band, or was a band, from Atlanta, Georgia. They had one album, and this is off of that album, and one EP that had three tracks from the album, and a fourth track, which I've never heard, because I don't know where to find that. I guess maybe I can find it. But this leads... To my first question for you, Andrew, which is, I think they have 11 monthly listeners on Spotify. Mm-hmm. And then one of them's me. How do you, yeah, how do you know, how do you know about this band? I, or I think actually my brother found this CD in a record store at, I believe, Criminal Records in Atlanta, Georgia. Okay, that would make sense because they're a band from Atlanta. Yes. So that's how... That's honestly how I'm pretty sure that that is where we got that CD. The fact that they're from Atlanta, and I don't know where else we would have gotten. I, I mean, that, that's, that makes sense. It makes sense that we would have found that at Criminal Records, which is near my, basically, our, our family, friends, our uh, house. So that must be where we found this CD. And we bought it, and then it's in the car, and then it was in the stayed in the car when my brother was driving that car. And then it stayed in that car when I was driving that car. And then it got transferred to the car that I currently drive. This is a classic. Everybody has one of those CDs that's just been in every car they've ever had. Yeah. Interesting, though. Can you tell me anything about this band? Do you have the CD with you? Do you have, like, the liner notes? Um, wow, that would have been a good thing to do, huh?
I did find the CD. But? There is no additional information in the CD. No! There's no There's no liner notes, and I know it's not just like it fell out because there's no pocket in the CD case. This is great. This is one of these bands that's lost to history. The three members of the band are probably doing other things now. Maybe they're parts of other groups, or maybe they're working corporate jobs and offices somewhere and have really sold out to the man. I hope not. I hope not the Preakness. Hope you've stuck with your well, passion. I, it can't Unless really you need blame to make a lot of money them. and have children. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know it, what any of these band members now do, but I really enjoy this album. And it was formative in my uh, younger years. And maybe that's part of why. I like this album because it is... Now I'm thinking about this because... It's kind of similar. It, it occupies a similar place in my mind as Liquify by The Servant, which I brought a few weeks ago. Right. Also another band song discovered with, by your brother. I feel like we're being put in a place that doesn't happen to people anymore, which is we don't know what happened or how to find more information about them. Like, I imagine, like, 30 years ago, this is just how it was. You, like, found the band, and then nobody else had heard of them, so you never heard about them again, even if they were well-known. But now, like, if a band has any footprint on the internet, you're aware of everything they do. Everybody has a Twitter. Everybody has a Facebook page or a, or a Bandcamp page. Spotify has information. You know, you're not, like, searching through Microfish in your library looking for references to the next show that the Preakness is going to play in 1985. Yeah, that's very true. Any reference to the Preakness in 1985 was just the horse race. I have gone to archive.org. Still doesn't really tell us much, but it seems like they still existed three years ago. Honestly, I want to know more about them. Love to have them on. If you are a member of the band of the Preakness, please contact us via our Twitter at FreshPressedPod. Yes, if one of our three listeners happens to be one of the three members of this band of the Preakness. So, this... Uh, album by the Preakness. I have a nostalgic connection to it, but I also really love that it's all pretty fun and doesn't take itself too seriously. Or it does take itself seriously, but in a way that isn't too serious. It's emo rock without being like too emo. Right. There's yes. too much staring at your shoes going on. Yeah, it's a little goofy. I'm kind of surprised to learn that it's only three people in this band because I always sort of feel like there's like a bunch of people, but it also makes sense that it's it'd just be three people playing everything together and like have it really be mostly an avenue to perform live rather than like something where they're trying to record albums upon albums, you know? Sure. So this song, Frog Logic, is the second track on this album, which is called A Class Act in a Bad Situation. I just really remember, I think because I had this as a CD, we would play, you'd play it from the beginning. So like the, the f sequence of songs is really important to me. And like, I really know the first half of the album and I really know the second half of the album, but I really, really know the first few tracks. Like I know this song back to back, like the, like front to back, front to front and back to back and front to back and back to front. With music that I listen to exclusively in the album format, I get very used to that track listing. So as soon as the song ends, I start hearing the next song in my head, even if it's not coming. Yeah, exactly. And then if you put it into like a random playlist, it sounds very weird. It would sound off. Right. Like it yeah. doesn't belong. Yeah. So I really remember like 
like I, I have such a a, vis- uh, a sense memory and I don't even know if it's a real memory or just like an amalgamation of of all my experiences with this song but like I can imagine like getting into getting into this car getting into the Subaru Outback turning on the car and turning on the music and like the initial kick drum part of the first track on this album going and then I can like run through like imagining through this whole album just like driving this car around suburban philadelphia (laughs) (laughs) it helps contextualize the song for me as well having been in that car yeah now being able to associate frog logic with 2012 suburbia yeah i mean and before that i feel like when we got this album it was probably around the time that it came out because i don't think i don't think we were necessarily like crate digging for this you know I actually feel like this was on, you know, Gabe, you remember stores, right? Back when they had stores. When you could like walk into a store and there'd be people there and you could purchase objects. Yes, but not too many people. (laughs) And also they have things other than food. They wouldn't have any food at all. It's a distant memory, but it's there. And not only would they not have any food, it's like they weren't even trying to have food. It's not like they had food, but people took all of it. Uh-huh. It's like they just never had food in the first place. They were selling music. Wow. There, so you're saying I could walk into a store and there was music for sale? Yes, and only music. That was the only thing they had for sale. Maybe they had, like, stickers. What about, like, DVDs? But, like, that's it. Uh, it's a, not every place would have DVDs. Incredible. But... Uh, one of the things, one of the features that stores like this would have is a thing where you could put on some headphones and like listen to some different albums that they had for sale. Oh, I have a vague recollection of walking into a Borders and being mm, able to yes. do that. Yeah, so I think this is how we found this album is that it was like on one of those things and my brother like was listening to it and was like, oh, this is cool. And he bought that album. So I feel like that must mean... A, it was definitely in Atlanta because why would this album have made it? Like, it doesn't make sense for this have to be on someone's like, hey, check this out thing, unless it's a hometown band. And B, makes sense that it would probably be around 2009 because it would be new enough to be like, hey, look, look at this new Atlanta release. Whatever. The point is, this is a great album and I really love it. And I love this song. This song to me is like the the big, like, the big single off of this album not that there were actual singles off of this album no no but i mean like to me i guess because it's the second track like the second and third track are like the big songs but i really like the rhythm of the whole album they don't have any long songs on here like pretty much everything is sub three minutes except for a couple that are three and a half and one that's four and a half there's 13 tracks on here but it doesn't go overly quickly it's probably i mean it doesn't go overly long and I think it has a nice arc to it. It's a lot more upbeat than I think a lot of other stuff that, or like, it's a lot more shamelessly upbeat um, than a lot of other music I listened to in high school. And I'm happy that I have that. But I think just because of the, the sort of weird relationship I have with it, where nobody I know except for my immediate family has knows about this album at all. Because this was back in 2009 when it wasn't like oh i what do i want to listen to today i'll just listen to it on spotify i can listen to pretty much anything this was like oh we have this cd 
So we're going to listen to one of these CDs or we're going to listen to the radio. But the amount of time that I'm going to spend on this album that I might not have otherwise spent on it really made a difference in like my 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 experience of it, my memories of it. And I've I've just I just really love this music and I'm I'm glad that I can still listen to it on in on in my car, which still has a CD player, and on Spotify because it's on Spotify, which also must have happened at some point between two thousand nine and now. Yeah, I don't know. I just I just really like this band. I don't have a lot of specific things to like dissect this music. This is memory music. Yeah, I, I think like because I, I the reasons that I love this music happened before I had any capacity to dissect it. Um, so, and I don't I'm not particularly interested in dissecting why I like this music now. Now that I do have that capacity, I just like it. Gabe, what frog song do you have? So I brought a song from a slightly more well-known artist, I'd say. Uh, this is Andrew Bird's cover of a song uh, entitled Frogs Singing. So, Andrew, you share a name with Andrew Bird. Do you also? Yes, our names are both Bird. It's amazing. You both have Bird names. Are you a listener of Andrew Bird? I really never. I don't have anything against Andrew Bird. It's just like one of those musicians that I just, I just never happen to get into. So I've heard like some of his music, and I like it. I just never delved deeper. Well, so for me, uh, Andrew Bird is uh, a very, very talented violinist. He actually graduated from Northwestern, the Northwestern Music School, which is great, um, with a degree in violin performance. So as a violinist making indie music, everybody has recommended Andrew Bird to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've listened to some of his music, but he became one of those artists that was so over-recommended to me that I didn't listen to him out of spite for everybody else. You know, like how you haven't read Harry Potter? Yes. Same idea. He is also a fairly good singer and an accomplished whistler, which is a skill that everybody envies. I feel like whistling is not necessarily more difficult than playing an instrument, but people are far more impressed when you can whistle well than if you can play an (laughs) instrument well, which is unfair. Yeah, so he's from the Chicago area, and he makes, I guess, indie folk would be the word, a word. This song, Frog Singing, is off of a 2014 record of his called Things Are Really Great Here, Sort Of. The entire album is covers of songs written and performed by a duo called The Handsome Family. Great. Who uh, are a husband-wife duo, uh, Brett Sparks and Rennie Sparks. So their last name is not Handsome, which is a little bit confusing. Yeah, that's kind of weird that they would name themselves... I feel like the it should be the Sparks family. family, which is also a great name for a band. Maybe a better name maybe for a, a band than the yeah, Hanson family. Yeah, maybe a better name. <laughs> so this, uh, okay, when I first saw that he was doing covers of, 
like this husband and wife do. I assumed they were like making music in the seventies. This song, right, Frog Sings, kind of pulled out of time a little bit, and it could have been written any time in the last hundred fifty years. But it turns out that this particular song was written uh, in two thousand thirteen on the Handsome Families record, and then covered literally a year later by Andrew Bird. Weird. This is getting weirder and weirder. Um, so Andrew Bird plays with them occasionally and tours with them occasionally. It's just kind of a strange situation. I assumed, I, I, usually I feel like there needs to be some space between the original song coming out and then the cover coming out. But Handsome Family's record from 2013, which Frog is off of, is titled The Wilderness. And it's just a bunch of songs about nature named after animals. Like there's a song called Eels on there, for instance. But I prefer the Andrew Bird version of the song to the, the version done by the Hanson family. And see, that's a reason why you wait more than one year to do an, a cover album. Especially if they're like your friend. It seems weird to be like, me, the more famous musician, will never right. be. Right, maybe if you were like less well-known. But Andrew Bird has been pretty well-known for like at least the last decade now. So it's just like, oh, this is a great song. Yeah. Mind if I take it for my... Although, I guess that's how a lot of music has worked always. Yeah. Like, how much, like, Motown... Or, like, for instance, we did um, Big Mama Thornton, whose song was stolen a couple of years later by Elvis Presley and immediately made more famous. So maybe Yeah, but this, this happened unusual. 100 years later. Uh, like, 50, but okay. Point taken. Uh, the point is, it's weird, but I did like this song. Yeah. Uh, it's up tempo. It's a lot more up tempo than the original version. And Bird replaces like an electric guitar solo with wonderful violin lines. So again, Bird is a pretty accomplished violinist. Uh, he's playing, uh, like, I would call this a fiddle, the way he's playing the violin. Which, for our listeners, by the way, they are the same instrument. Does the instrument change because of the way he plays it? This is a philosophical question. Uh, the instrument itself does not change. The same collection of wood and catgut makes up what we call a violin and also what we call a fiddle. Right. However, you don't fiddle Bach. Obviously, there are these like wonderful lines where he's double bowing, so he's playing both string or two strings at a time, um, which is difficult. But he also then plucks the violin throughout, like the verses, which are um, just like a lovely folky sentiment about enjoying the nature and the frogs singing, as uh, the title of the song suggests. I don't know if you discovered this, but I was looking for frog songs. And the majority of the music I found belonged to one of three categories. Category number one was children's music. Lots of Rafi. Uh, category number two was comedy. Yeah. <laughs> and category number three was the artist known as Crazy Frog. Ooh, wow. So why didn't you do Axel F? <laughs> I would have thought that there would be a decent number of folk songs about frogs also, which is what you landed on. Anyway, I just think this is a lovely, great back porch song. 
that you can throw on, enjoy a little fiddle on your Sunday afternoon or Tuesday afternoon or whatever day it might be because all the days are blending together. Have you seen it, brother? Won't you come outside and see? Won't you come with me tonight? Down to the lowland fields To hear the frogs singing In the air so hot and still Won't you come with me? So how about that their new music, Andrew? Do you actually want to go first? Sure, I will go first this week on new music. I brought a song entitled Wessie Walking Mama from Do Mama and Kecho off a new record titled Buffering Juju. How did you come across this album, Gabe? Bandcamp publishes a weekly kind of roundup of new music that's been released on their platform that's usually a little bit more hidden. They recommend in like the seven albums or whatever, one of those albums was this album, Buffering Juju. Um, yeah, because I did not come across this album. So when you sent me this uh, last night to listen to, I was like, oh, this is really good. It is Why am I not up on this? Yeah, I didn't find it. It took me a while to come across it because I actually wasn't that impressed with a lot of the other music that was in the normal sources that I go to. I feel like it was a little bit of a down week for music. Um, but we're talking about, I think, a much more interesting duo, Dumama and Kecho, who uh, stylize their band name, all lowercase, with a plus for the end. This is a duo that met in Cape Town, South, South Africa in 2017. Um, Dumama is Gu Duma, who is a South African uh, black woman, um, and she is uh, the vocalist and provides some of the percussion. Kecho is Kerimeli Becker, who is an Algerian-German man, uh, although he was raised in Germany. Um, and he is kind of the driving percussion, percussive force behind the record. They got started as kind of a jam group. Um, they would just improvise shows together. Apparently, they went so well, they're like, oh, we should probably just like make music all the time together in an album. And so they did, <laughs> which is uh, pretty cool. Um, the album is broadly based around the story of a woman leaving prison and going on something of a spiritual journey. Understanding that is complicated by the languages that I do not understand and honestly, don't even know which languages they are. And I wasn't able to find a source. Okay, yeah, I was going to ask because I don't, I also don't have any skill in identifying beyond maybe like five European languages. So, you know, South Africa, obviously you have a lot of English, you have Afrikaans, and there is some English on this record, but no Afrikaans. I, I really don't know. Um, and if somebody does know, I'd love to hear what language it is. I found a number of different sources that ended up posting many reviews of this record. Like the guardian had something, but nobody references, for instance, the languages used in this particular song, which yes, you have English, but then 
Kimama is singing over large chunks of the album in a language I don't understand. That said, I don't think the lack of understanding gets in the way of enjoying the music. Yes, absolutely. This is really driven by the quality of the sound and the quality of the vocals alongside the percussion. I think the entire album is phenomenal and should be listened to all the way through. Um, it's based off of a lot of, there's like a lot of cyclic playing and motion in the album. Um, this song is in three, for instance, which even contributes more to that, but the whole album feels that way and is based around that kind of improvisational feel and um, mm-hmm. chanting. This particular song I enjoyed because there's also a really heavy jazz influence which, yeah. of course, is another improvisational music form. You had sent me this album before you'd chosen which song you were going to bring. So I listened to the whole thing. And the first song sounds a lot more like traditional African and South African, specifically music that I'm more familiar with. And then the second song comes in, and it's like, oh, we're jazz now. Right, yeah. They they bring in um, Sia Makuzeni on the trombone, who... Uh, is a brilliant uh, musician. She plays the trombone, yes, but she's also a producer and a vocalist, and you can find her like making loop music on YouTube. Um, and so she's playing the trombone, and it, you can hear as she's playing the trombone, she's laying or layering it over itself, right? There's several trombones playing, but it's one trombone. Um, and then, of course, there's also a, an upright bass in the song. <laughs> which uh, contributes strongly to like the Western jazz feel. Yeah. Now, Andrew, uh, as we've discussed previously, I've never taken the organology class offered by Kenyon College, so I cannot name every instrument that is on this song, but it's something that I love about um, the album and also this song in particular is that there's an enormous amount of percussion um, tuned and otherwise and it seems that every like 20 to 30 seconds, some new sound is introduced. Um, and it may, may not stick around for the entire song. It might only come in for you know, 15, 20 seconds and then disappear for the rest of the song. But uh, it, it gives it a cool quality of like, again, kind of this improvisational feel of the artists feel like they're actually just like picking up instruments and playing them as they get the spirits or, or feel the improvisational energy. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I, I watched kind of an, uh, like a 10-minute YouTube mini documentary about the making of the record. And the artists, the duo talks about some of their uh, like content influence um, for this, in particular trying to focus on um, some of the plight of uh, black women in South Africa. Obviously, South Africa has a long history of apartheid and, and really brutal forms of racism and their justice their criminal justice system uh, has historically been more fucked up than even ours here in the united states yeah um and so this album right is kind of about that and in wessie walking mama in particular there's a spoken word section about fainting from the pain but also then the beauty of that like the body giving up and then coming back to and having more fight in 
Andrew, what song did you choose for this week from the new music available to you? The song that I have brought for you is entitled Beulah Land slash I Wanna Go There by the legendary Ingramettes. I am looking now. Oh, yes, I am. So the word Beulah, I think, means married. It's It comes from the Bible or whatever. You know, you know the Bible. You've heard of that. Oh, the Bible. Which part of the Bible? Isaiah 62, 4. Uh, the line is, Thou shalt no more be termed forsaken, neither shall thy land be any more termed desolate, but thou shalt be called Hep- Hephzibah, and thy land Beulah, for the Lord delighteth in thee, and thy land shall be married. What that means is... Um, when the Hebrews return from exile, then they will no longer be called forsaken, but Hephzibah, which means my delight is in her, and Jerusalem shall no longer be called desolate, but Beulah, which means married. So basically it just means like, ah, yay, it's good now. We're good now because you're back and you're worshiping God as oh, intended. Yeah. Nice. I think the the root of this is probably the root of like the <laughs> the use of the word Beulah at all outside of the Bible is um, partially from Pilgrim's Progress, which is a 16th, 17th, 17th century book. Um, It's an allegory about, you know, being a good Christian and everything. So it mentions, like, the land, Beulah, and everything like that. And then uh, in the, uh, in 1876 or so, a man named Edgar Page Stites wrote a, uh, a hymn, a gospel hymn called Beulah Land, which is not what this song is. This song is a cover of, or at least the part of it that is Beulah Land, is a cover of a song called Sweet Beulah Land, which is by uh, the gospel singer Squire Parsons. He wrote it in 1973. So this is all to say, that that's why this song is called Beulah Land, because it's a cover of a song called Sweet Beulah Land. But the more important thing is that uh, this album and this group are, I think, incredibly important. So the legendary Ingramettes are the more the, the modern form of the original group, which was called Mag- Maggie Ingram in the Ingramettes, which was founded in 1961 by... Gabe, do you want to take a guess what oh, the name of the founder was? Maggie Ingram. It was Maggie Ingram. So it was a gospel group, again, founded in 1961. And there was huge, uh, founded in Richmond, Virginia. So this, this major gospel group, I haven't really listened to a lot of their stuff, but uh, Maggie Ingram passed away in 2015. And the group has been revived by Almeida Ingram Miller, daughter of Maggie Ingram, as the legendary Ingramettes. And this is their first uh, recording, although I think they perform with some regularity outside of the studio. It's pretty remarkable to be a group with a history 60 years long. Yeah, and it's not even like, I mean, there's there's a direct line. It's not even just like, oh, this group and it's all the, it's not a, it's not a ship of Theseus situation uh, because it's the daughter of Theseus who's now the ship. 
right? That's what that means, right? Definitely a very stretched metaphor there, but I think we're all following. (laughs) Yeah. So I came across this album and started listening to it and knew immediately. It was one of those things where it was like, I have a, I have like six or seven albums that I'm planning to listen to. Right. Right. So I start with this one. I'm like, Oh, okay. I don't really need to listen to the other albums. And I ended up listening and just sort of like skimming through other stuff. But I don't know if I was just disappointed with uh, releases this week as as you were, Gabe, or if it's just that after I'd gone through this album from top to bottom, I could not, like, get nothing else seemed worthwhile to me. This album had just blown my mind. It was the kind of thing where I start listening to the first song and and I try to, like, listen to it while I do something else, and I just can't. I just, like, have to stop and say, holy fucking shit, this is good. I get down on my knees and I talk to my heavenly father. I get down on my knees. I get down on my knees. I get down on my knees. Yes, I do. It is very good. The vocals are obviously incredible and it's very uplifting. In this particular song, I love the spoken word section at the beginning. It's an album for me that I feel like I could have on and really settle into and really enjoy. Yeah, this is just, there's, I mean, obviously, the first thing to talk about that you have to mention is the incredible talent that is in this whole group. Yes. Uh, Throughout the whole thing. I'm not sure. There's three of them on the cover. And then, like, there's a picture of five people in this NPR interview. And I don't know how many people are actually in this group. But on this album, they're such a powerhouse. It's just incredible. I just can't believe it, Gabe. It's so fucking good. <laughs> like, li- like, listen to the beginning of, of Rock of Ages. This, the, like, acapella section is just so powerful. And they, like, uh, part of it is that they're all incredibly talented singers. Part of it is that they are... are fully going at it with with their full selves body and soul um and then also part of it is that because it's this group with such a long history and because they're such experienced and just performers who are like submerged in this style of music they are such experts at manipulating their powerful voices by use of their entire bodies and souls uh to create like the 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 perfect the platonic ideal of gospel music and even saying platonic ideal feels like too sterile to me like it is the real concrete like that's i don't know it's just like such a powerful like idol to me that it's it's just incredible what really jumps out to me this does not happen with much music that i listen to but certainly it happened with this record and the song as i was listening to it to them um was i can see the people who are singing it that makes sense like i'm getting visuals from the album oh yeah Um, yeah yes absolutely you can kind of see like the full extent of like the physicality of making this kind of music or again like right so fuel land uh opens up with like a story segment uh like a preach uh, like a preacher right so so almeda ingram miller is a preacher Right, she's and you the can reverend. really tell that, yes. The Reverend uh, Almeida Ingram Miller. 
you can really tell that from this. She, it's she's giving basically a, a sermon, uh, I yeah. guess. No, yes, definitely. Um, and she's talking about she's just talking about her her grandmother and growing up, and it's this beautiful. St- I'll be honest. I got to this. This song's pretty late in the album. I got to this song. She started giving a sermon. I was like, okay, so it's going to be one of these things. There's going to be a lot of talking. There's not going to be a lot of really impressive music. I'm like, okay, maybe I'll skip this. And I almost skipped this song. <laughs> but the thing that saved me was my phone was upstairs charging, and I was downstairs washing dishes, and the music was playing through my smart speaker. So I was like, I'm not going to go upstairs to skip this song. I'll just listen through it, whatever. Right. And by not even it wasn't it's not even the moral of the story isn't even that like oh but i waited and they got to the really incredible music that did happen but also because of the music underneath this and the power of her voice and just the beauty of this very simple story about going up and like the her weekend ritual with her grandmother to get to church and the conclusion that she draws from it where she's she's so grateful for the time that she has had for her memories and she's also at the same time looking forward to to her ultimate reward. Before even we got into the song Beulah Land, I was like crying doing dishes. <laughs> and I have listened to the song one other time since then. And I was like, again, trying to do something else. I was like, I'll just listen through it again. So I refresh my memory about the song. And I just had to like stop and like, uh, I was like, uh, like, almost weeping again with how beautiful this is and how beautifully it, it blends into the music when the when the song really starts to come in toward heaven i think about the good old days but i think about the days that are to come and every now and then in my spirit i get a little anxious because i'm thinking about heaven hear the words that i say i'm kind of the whole time she's performing, right? It's very much like the Southern Baptist black church tradition of preaching where it's so emotional and she's shouting lines and she's speaking directly to you. And as she gets deeper and deeper into this sermon, she starts like singing some of the lines and they it becomes musical and then it blends so perfectly into the beginning of the song when she says, I'm lonesome for a country to which I, I, I've never traveled. It's just so unbelievably powerful. And then it keeps going for another like five minutes. This was something really powerful for me at, uh, uh, again, I don't want to spend a lot of time in this episode talking even more about the current situation. Right. But what I will say is there's a lot of different things that you can do that can be helpful to mitigate any negative feelings you may be having, any variety of negative feelings. and. This album is something that really did that for me for for the time it took to listen to this album, really transported me out of any worry that I had. And even, it didn't even like, it, it's not that it makes me forget. It's that it's, it's so uplifting and powerful that I, uh, even if you're not someone who believes in God, and I'm not, just the, the power of, this other person's faith and this other person's optimism about the world and trust and belief in 
the world and the universe and something beyond ourselves was just so such an important thing for me to experience this weekend. I was so glad to have found this album. Yes, small boys come here tomorrow. Hear what the voice says. You're not Gabe, there were other good musics this week, though. There were a few other good musics this week. I did find a couple things that I liked, although I didn't think that I wanted to bring them for this show. Like what? Some of our listeners might recall the name Yael Naim. She's a French-Israeli artist who was famous for that one song. Is it? Wait, before you say it, before you say it, I want to make sure that I want to make sure I'm thinking of the right person. Is it New Soul? It is, is the new else? soul. Yes! I thought that might have been one of the other. It could have been any other of that era of gentle pop. Yes, the original MacBook Air commercials. She also yes. has an incredible version of Britney Spears's Toxic, uh, where she slows really? way down. And it's... Uh, yeah, I don't think New Soul is an accurate representation of the rest of her music. This album, Night Songs, is very mellow, but I enjoyed it. It just it wasn't necessarily anything special, but I really enjoyed it. I liked a, a new song from Margaret Glasby called Devotion. I was very into that. Mm-hmm. Got some good clapping going on in there, which I'm always into. Yeah, clapping's the best. Seawolf put out a record called Through a Dark Wood. Yeah. Which I feel like you would like more than I did, Andrew, but I did like it. Yeah, I I liked it. The thing was that I listened to that album after I had listened to this legendary Anger Metz album. So I really don't feel like I gave it its due. I was just too like I couldn't wait. I, I had to like I was like I need I don't I don't want to listen to this anymore. I want to go back to listen to that other thing. Yeah, it, it does pale in comparison. One other release I want to mention is um an album entitled Mixing Colors by uh Brian and Roger Eno of Brian Eno fame. <laughs> Which is, it's an ambient album, so I wasn't particularly going to, like, pick any one track from it. It's a, there's a bajillion tracks on there, and they're all named after different colors. But it's a really beautiful ambient album, and I have, for the first half of this week, I've been listening to Brian Eno's seminal ambient album, Music for Airports, to sort of calm (laughs) down and go to bed at night. And now for the last couple of days, I've been listening to this album because it's also very nice. And I have less like it's less part of the problem with listening to the same thing to go to bed, especially if it's something that, you know, already very well, is that you are or at least for me that I'm like tracking it too much. So I'm like waiting for the dun 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 dun. Like I'm, I'm <laughs> like, I know what it is. Um, but this, I don't know as well. Um, and it's really nice. Uh, it's very melodic. It's, it's very beautiful. So I'd recommend it if anyone is looking for some chill ambient sounds in these trying times. Anyway, you can follow us on Twitter at Fresh Pressed Pod. We have a Spotify playlist of all the tracks that we pick every week. You can find that link, uh, on our Twitter in the show notes. If you know someone who might enjoy some good music this week 
And I feel like I can bet that you do. Share this podcast with them, and then they can get some nice, uh, good music every week. And won't that be fun for all of us? Particularly if they like frogs. Great week. Yeah, if, if you know anyone who likes frogs, then send them to us. But not directly. Via the podcast, please. Um, we'll be back with another episode next Tuesday, March 31st of 2020. Yeah, last day of March. Isn't that fun? Oh, man. March 2020. What a month it's been. Um, and I think that's all we have. Yeah, Gabe, um, do you have anything to tell the listeners? Hey, stay safe. Stay healthy. Do things that make you happy. Drink lots of tea. Uh, light some candles. And listen to more music. I'm Gabe. I'm Andrew. And you have been listening to Fresh Pressed. Frog Pressed? Frog Pressed?